and welcome back to another episode of the Key in the Late Podcast, the Premier Whiskey Podcast, without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. We are on day 76.39 of quarantine in Chicago, Illinois, but we have taken the appropriate steps to wear gloves, sanitize everything, and lower our masks, but still sit six feet apart while Callum O'Donnell joins me on this adventure through another episode about whiskey, life, and such through these times of called shelter in place social distancing hashtag stay home god i'm waiting here we are what did you do what did you say day six seventy six point three nine i believe that's about the appropriate number oh. oh remy agrees remy has been she's been quarantined and psycho all above crazy husky just being yourself really i think honestly i think that as a dog you know, I don't know if you've seen all the, I don't know if you've seen all the memes and stuff, but um, this is how dogs must feel all the time, locked in their houses. Yeah, and then and then I saw a really sad one that was talking about the zoo, like the animals at the zoo. Oh yeah, you know, and I'm just like, damn, this is what it must be to be like a panda locked in a cage, all, and without whiskey. Like pandas don't drink, I believe. I mean, I have heard of stories of animals, a bear, like. Drinking like 150 cans of beer or something, mm. I have heard. What was the name of uh, the bear that the legendary Jackie Moon fought? Oh. Dewey? Dewey, Dewey the, the bear. bear. I feel yeah. like Dewey, Dewey probably had some drinks. Jackie Moon. Jackie Moon. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've always felt very sad, even as a kid, going to zoos. There, there's, there are some that are good, I think. You know, these outdoor, inclo- outdoor ex- enclosures where, like, you know, they get space to run and... <laughs> It's just because you've been watching Joe the Lion Man or whatever on Netflix. No, 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 no. Those are bad. Those are definitely bad. Any any time they're caged, it's bad. But there was one called there was a uh, in Scotland. There's a thing. There was there was a thing. I don't know if it's still there. It's called the Blair Drummond Safari Park. The Blair Witch Project. The Blair Drummond Safari Park. So when we weren't um, when we weren't guzzling single malt um, in some dirty bar in the middle of Edinburgh, we were going to Blair Drummond Safari Park. Um, which was uh, basically like a massive expanse and near Stirling, and they had like lions and stuff there. It was insane. We aren't drinking single malt. We're drinking a blend, a meticulous blend, actually. Well, Hibiki, Hibiki is, is it not Hakshun Yamazaki? That's the Beam Centauri rep over there. Is that there. not right? Ha- Hibiki is Hakshun Yamazaki combined? Oh, damn, girl, mm, good. That Japanese harmony. Hey. The thing that always gets me about Beam Centauri, well, you know, Suntory. Mostly the Suntory part. Yeah, the, the Suntory thing. Is this guy, um, this poor guy, Takatsuru, or you know, the guy that came yep. over to Scotland, 1919 or something, he lands in Scotland. 1909? Yeah, sometime, oh. it's early 1900s. Yeah. 1911. Whenever. We're going to have a fact I think it, I, I, in my head, I have 1919 and then he left in like 1923 or something. I think you are, I think it is 1919. It does sound right, like 100 years. Yeah. Last year is 100 years. And so... You know, I always felt bad for him, and not because he had to spend time in Scotland, and not because he <laughs> lived in that time with all these different horrible diseases and things like that, although we do live with coronavirus, but um, but more so because he had to, he married a Scottish woman. Oh, he did. That's right. Yeah. So something obviously happened to him, the poor guy. Well, um, that must have been traumatic in itself, but something obviously happened to him when he was younger that caused him to marry a Scottish woman. He's probably the first Japanese guy to ever marry a Scottish woman. He's definitely, in fact, he's most definitely the first person. We're going to fact check that as well. Maybe he's the first person ever willingly to marry a Scottish woman. If there's any Scottish women listening, I'm totally joking. My mum's Scottish and she's the most amazing woman on the planet. But um, (laughs) shout out to you, mum. 
but I definitely think that you know there was something going on with Takatsuru that if he didn't he couldn't find a woman that he wanted to marry in the whole of Asia. And there's mm. a lot of people in Asia. I don't know if you knew that. Japan's a small island, though. It's 140 million people though in Japan. Not in 1919. No, but probably way more than there was in Scotland. Actually, there might have been. There was this thing called World War II that decreased their population quite significantly. Yeah, so maybe that was that. Mm. But I, I know We're that just having um, some really positive conversation here. <laughs> <laughs> Great. This is what this is what the. the but yes, we are drinking. Uh, we are we'll, we're drinking coffee at the moment. Shout out to you, Starbucks. Uh, not from the store, but from the grocery store. Oh, there we go. Put a little harmony inside of their coffee. Nice. Oh, very delicious. Um, but yeah, we are having some harmony from the great makers of Centauri Whiskey, also known as Hibiki on this label too. One of the most beautiful bottles that I'd like to have in the house. Um, you know, I think that's one of the cool things. People are always like to me, you know, oh, I'm really, really into Japanese whiskeys. Mm. And obviously that single malt style is something that they've really kind of flourished with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously that comes from your man, Takatsuru. So, um, Takatsuru-san. And, uh, I was actually talking about this the other day, um, like the difference between the two, mm. you know? Um, between the two of between like Scotch Japanese and Japanese. And, yeah. Um, and obviously like the, the processes are so, so, so similar, but there is definitely a, a Japanese whiskey taste. Like it has this kind of like fresh floralness to it sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the best whiskeys I ever had um, last year when I was in California, I hadn't really tried a lot of... Um, <laughs> really, if anyone could hear that noise in the background, I promise you that's Remy. <laughs> not me, not me. I'm not getting excited over here talking about Japanese whiskey. But um, there was mouth-watering g- effects. <laughs> There's um, a really, really cool bar, which is obviously shut at the moment, in uh, in the Bay Area. It's called Haberdasher, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure I've mentioned it before on the podcast. But the guy that runs it is a guy called Cash Burin, and he's super kind of influential in a lot of the ideas that I have about booze and about the way people run things and all that kind of stuff. Amazing, amazing owner, amazing bar. And he himself is a, like, well, really, really well read um, when it comes to spirits and beverages and cocktails and all the rest of it. But he let me try a 17-year-old pure malt, pure malt from Nika. Oh, yeah. And it was... It was probably the tastiest whiskey I've ever had. Now, I don't know if it was because of the moment that I was in. You know, I was sitting around a fire, mm. um, like a campfire, and it was one of my last nights in California, and I got to try it, and it was amazing. The setting of where you're drinking your whiskey can always influence the effect that it has on your taste yeah. buds, which and the is appropriate. The other thing as well is, like, if I, ever drink, if I ever drink it again, then I'll be taken back, you know, to that moment. Yeah. Um, which is something that I think is super special with booze, you know, or, or whiskey. It definitely does that. Um, but there was that kind of like fresh cut grass, like nose to it. And it mm-hmm. was so fresh, so floral. I loved it. Um, but that's definitely one of the things that I've always seen with, with, with Japanese whiskey. Yeah, I think it always has, um, what are the trees called with the... Mizunara? Uh, yeah, no, the oak? Yeah, with the... With the uh, cherry yeah, the cherry blossom. Um, I always kind of get like that vision in my head when I'm drinking Japanese whiskey that has those fruitier notes to oh, it and like the, the elements the colors what's the film with Tom Cruise The Last Samurai oh that's just a, um, a hoax The Last uh, no oh, there that's we go. Uh, Lost in Translation Scarlet Joe and Bill Murray Bill Murray and uh, what's his name it is Scarlet Joe isn't it no. yeah, yeah. Um, 
he's a, he's her husband, um, Giovanni Revisi or whatever. Uh, oh, uh, we'll have a fact check on that as well. It's just like the Joe Rogan podcast, and it's like Jamie, can you look Jamie, that can up? you look that up? Yeah, Giovanni. What's his name? All, everybody that's sitting there right now is like, oh, it's Rossi Western translation. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, a good, good movie. Good starting. Oh my god, I got a whisk coffee. How's that tasting? It's lovely, actually. Mm. It's lovely. Um, yeah, the cherry blossom grows in in the last samurai. I always remember that part. There's such <laughs> a pretty tree. I brought that. Yeah, Giovanni Rabisi. 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 Believe he's he, is he Italian? Oh, uh, he's American, but ah, it's a very Italian name. Got those Italian parents. He's got those Italian parents he's in, like, in the he's background. In Boiler Room. Um, who's the main character in that movie? He was who's in, he married to? He was married to Scarlett Johansson in the in Lost in Translation. Oh, okay. he was like a photographer or something. He was right. the reason why they were over there. Okay, yeah, she was just a Yale dropout or I'm something. N- I've not seen it, and I'm not I've not watched it. In God knows how long. She was like the uh, the uh, prototypical. Um, what's our generation called? That everybody makes millennial. Fun? Millennial, where she goes to a private college, Yale, gets a degree, a useless degree, and has no job when she's in her late twenties. Yeah, I mean. To be fair, like there's a lot of people right now with no jobs, but that's not because they got useless degrees. No, that's probably not. That tell you who I had probably the closest. I've told no one this actually, and I'll be very discreet about <laughs> these words so I don't get anybody in trouble. But I probably had my um, my closest venture into ever being into prohibition the other night that I could possibly have in our modern day. Oh, really? I may not have entered a bar on this past few days or so ago, and. Was there for work, maybe, um, which turned into drinking some pony high lifes. Oh, no, you weren't. <laughs> were you? I was. Oh, that's so sexy. Yeah. I um, uh, was there t- consulting on some stuff, and it was just three of us at the bar that were four overall that um, having some high lifes. And Did my invitation get lost in the post or lost in it translation? It was more of a spontaneous moment that broke mm. out. Where I told Brittany, hey, I'll be back in like a half an hour. And oh my God, one of those. A couple hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Three in the morning, she's like, Jake, <laughs> this, this isn't supposed to happen right now. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Um, yeah, so I might, I, I yeah. We, uh, but wait, it, was, it was interesting. When hang- this is all said and done, yeah. When this is all said and done, we need to, we need to have a, a pony night or a horse. We could call it horse racing. Horse racing, and everybody has to drink a specific, uh, a selected quantity of ponies in one night. I've only ever seen them in High Life and Miller Lite. Yeah, yeah. We'd have to, I mean, I would do it High Life. I don't even know where you buy them. Other, than- <sighs> I mean, I don't. I've never actually bought a. Creative ponies, I don't think. I've never even seen them, I don't think. Oh, Other actually, no, tell a lie, tell a lie, tell a lie. In um, in Iowa, mm. in Des Moines, Iowa. The High Life Lounge. We, no, no, we actually bought, we went out and bought a crate of ponies. What? We got. We bought two crates of ponies because we're watching the Super Bowl. That's it, Brittany. Pack the bags, we're moving back to Iowa. <laughs> <coughs> Here's my... Uh, Social distancing cough there, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Um, we bought uh, we bought a crate of ponies, and we watched the Super Bowl. And I probably had fifteen of them. It was glorious. I've watched so many Super Bowl replays over the years, over the last couple of weeks, that I forget which actually what Super Bowl was this year. Kansas City Chiefs. 
and the 49ers. Yeah, the Niners. Yeah. The, the Niners. Niners, which really, really bugged me. Why? Um, what's his name? Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Gar- Jimmy G. Jimmy G. <laughs> Big James. So Jimmy and... So hard, Last yeah. year when I was in, living in San Francisco, I went to see the Niners and they were shite. They yep. were utterly dreadful. Well, he was hurt. Well, they were, they were embarrassing to watch. Hey, you know me. what? You watch your mouth because one of their quarterbacks was a University of Iowa grad. Run away. Which yeah. one? Uh, CJ Beathard. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. And his brother got murdered about four months ago, so. No way. Yeah. Over, yeah, that's um, it was either over Thanksgiving break or Christmas break. It must have been Christmas break because I think he played college football at a small school. Mm-hmm. Um. They live in Nashville. Their their family is uh, very much into uh, the uh, music scene down there. And mm. uh, his grandfather was the GM of the Houston. Or of, <coughs> can I help you? Great. What's going on, Remy? Yeah, his his grandpa was like a GM or something with uh, uh, a couple of NFL teams. So, but yeah, his uh, br- little brother was back on and gotten like I think they broke up a fight in a bar, and then the guys that they broke it up with attacked them after they left, and he got stabbed to death. Oh man! Yeah. So before we're just having some downer conversations today. Man, well, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm only gonna make it worse now. <sighs> oh god. So I, my intention was to come here to not talk about life, our <laughs> current, our, our modern era of isolation. I, I was at a bar. I won't say the specific bar because it was very, very sad. But I was at a bar um, up in Wrigley, and just before this, this, this all happened. And uh, their one of their bouncers had been shot and killed, and I think he, or was he really? I don't know if he was killed or if he was in hospital in critical condition. Yeah. Um, and it was because he'd broken up a fight. So that anyone listening to you, that shows you guys, don't try and save anyone, don't try and break up a fight, just let them punch each other to pieces. You know? I thought you and I were going to get into a fight, not with each other, but in a not against each other, but with each other. Um, the last time I was in Wrigley, Wrigleyville with you. After that festival, when those kids were littering on those streets. Oh yes, yes. I was kind of over the entire day. Oh, I was. I of, think we were both over everything that yeah, day. Yeah, and I just wanted to punch those guys in the face. Is it was so annoying because the bin was right there. Right. And so, for anyone listening, the, the, basically a bunch of these kids, college age kids, you know, twenty one, maybe even less. Who knows? They were yeah, going to a bar. Was and, it Mardi? No, Fat Tuesday. Yeah, and they had um, they had all the Mardi Gras stuff on, you know, tint like kind of necklaces and flowing, flowy neck neck wearing stuff. And um, one of the kids just like threw it on the ground, and we were like, "Yo, do you want to do us all a favor and pick that up, you little brat?" But luckily, we didn't. Might uh, have used some choice language. We yeah, we might have done. We didn't get our butts kicked because we undoubtedly would have, because there was about fifty of them. <laughs> I don't know, the bouncers to the bar right there, too. And they were big dudes, so it was good. Yeah, we probably would have been fine. Yeah, we'd been fine. And we had the, the Tito's guy or whoever. Uh, no, Tito's. Not Tito's. Um, Soda, lime, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, oh, Brittany has a knife. Brittany was oh. going for the knife first. Bam. I don't know. A Topo Chico guy. Now, he was he was also there. He had our back, too. So he's Topo Chico spray, guy. He, he, kept me, he kept me going that day. That, that day was the <laughs> hangover day. Mm-hmm. You went on a five-day non-boost uh, streak after that. I think six or seven. Damn. I was actually just thinking about that um, the other day while walking uh, Remy, the dog. Remy about, the dog. I would have probably gone a full two weeks if I didn't have to drink for work because um, I believe I traveled to L.A. the next weekend for work and was meeting one of my reps who I hadn't seen in quite some time. 
Yeah, and we were at like this really great speakeasy and having these really great whiskeys from I think the 1950s on. Oh shit! You yeah, so I was kind of like, well, I'm gonna drink now. But got to do it. But yeah, if I, if I didn't have a work trip that weekend, I think I would have carried it on till the next weekend after that, which I had another work trip um, in Colorado where we still ran a whiskey event on March 13th with 300 people. <laughs> it that was kind of the that was the eye opening moment where. That's because everything else, but everything else was canceled. So right? the NBA was canceled that Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh huh. And Rudy. patient zero. Chicago to implement 9 p.m. curfew on liquor sales during stay-at-home order. That is brought to you by our fact checker, Brittany Ainsworth, Hooky the Third. Well, martial law is just one step closer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Remy, I know I'm not happy about it either. Night, so, but 9 p.m. curfew on Night. sales isn't. That's not going to affect much. No, I mean, like Benny's is already closing at five. Um, like our little liquor store, I think they're still up until 10 or 11, but I mean, how many, not many people are out past 9 o'clock. Even walking your dog, I've noticed recently, people are inside, but after 9 o'clock, there's no one outside. Starts to dogs. get dark. Starts to get dark and it's done. Yeah. Like people just, oh, people just take it in trouble. You know, they just, <sighs> once it starts to get like remotely dark, then it's over. Um, what about this? What about this? When do you think this is going to... When, when do you think that... What do you... What, first of all, which bar do you think will be first? Which bar will be first? What do you mean? Which bar is going to be the first one to be full? Like, let's say, like, or full? Uh, At capacity. It'd be, well, it's just, it depends what capacity... And how long are we talking? It, well, I think you get to start with what capacity means by then, because we might reopen pubs and bars... At, a, at maybe say half full capacity, sixty percent capacity, versus being able to do a hundred percent of what your bar. Maybe, maybe they're going to do something like where you you can't be a specific over a specific age and get into a bar. Oh. Maybe they're going to be IDing people at the door and they're like, right, you got me between the ages of twenty one <laughs> and forty five. Right, right. If you're over forty five, you ain't getting in. Right. Well, I mean, I hope. I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to predict anything when it comes to like when is this all going to be done. A, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a politician that doesn't know shit, but still says everything on the news every night. Um, I don't know. I don't want to look forward to the future too much because I think living in these circumstances is as, as hard as and difficult as it is. We still have our personal freedoms living in this country, which is great to have. And it could be a lot worse. I'm thankful to have to be employed still um, to do my job and be able to go outside and walk my dog and do those kind of things and be out in an, a very friendly neighborhood. But um I don't know. I mean, it's right now we're set to for everything to supposedly open on May 1st. I don't think that's going to happen whatsoever. No. Um, and just coincidentally, mm, this is probably yeah. the worst day I've had during this quarantine um, mentally. Kind of coming to the point of I've had a couple of rough days, but this one was just I woke, slow. I woke. I've been sleeping terribly. Um, been trying to stay in the routine, but I, I think I've talked about this before. Our running paths are closed down on the Lakefront Trail, which I run on every day. It's just messed up my routine. Um, even though, yeah, you can go run on the sidewalk still, and partial part, partial elements of the trail are still open, but it's like my my saving grace to like living in the city is running by the lake and being somewhat in nature every day while you're entrenched inside of a big city at the same time. It's a really interesting uh, juxtaposition to have while living in the city, but it's also a beautiful one that um, 
just kind of helps me go on with each and every one of my days to begin with. So like I get up at six, six thirty and go for a run. Well, now that's been kind of taken away from me in a way, but what we've done with the lakefront trails being closed, now the streets are more condensed with uh, runners all over the place. And everyone. I mean, yeah. honestly, like I've never seen, yeah. the other day I was at Humboldt and I actually bought a basketball because I was like, right, uh, if I'm going to be in the park every day, then I want to do something relatively productive that's going to that's not just going to be running, you know, because yeah. otherwise I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, and so, basically, bought a basketball, and that's keeping me relatively sane. But I've never seen that many people in Humble Park, right. and and there was just you know single runners. Yeah. But every every ten fifteen seconds, someone runs by <laughs> you. You're like Jesus, you know. People are obviously like feeling the feeling the, the yeah. squeeze and like, oh man, I can't go out. I need to do something, you know. Yeah, we've commented on how many people like we're we're outdoor uh, we're outdoors a lot by having a dog and um, me being like a runner, like I said. So we're outside a lot, and then I'm just we're walking in our neighborhood a lot too, and we've seen people, so many people every single day that we've never seen before, like on our street. Like, where do these people come from? <laughs> yeah, and it's because people usually do something else. They usually go yeah. to the gym, or they usually swim, or they usually. I think they're just shut-ins too for the most part they go to work and kind of come home and you're outside so they don't really go back outside but now people are just losing their minds for being indoors every day all yeah. day so just to kind of take these like zombie walks out there I, I think the the biggest thing that you mentioned there is definitely sleep mm-hmm. um, and this is something that I've learned in the last kind of four years especially in the whiskey job right. that sleep as something that, that is directly directly connected to my performance as a not as a as a as like an employee, but like as a person, right. you know, like my, my just generally being Callum O'Donnell, like can I, you know, is Callum O'Donnell at 100% um, when he isn't sleeping? The answer is no. <laughs> like if, I only, if I'm only getting four or five hours, like on Friday night, I slept maybe, I slept maybe an hour the whole night. And I was up all day Saturday, like just wired to the moon. Yeah, I think and he it, texted me at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, and it's just like, it's just, glued to the and i was up too so, yeah so yeah. there you go you know like come on man yeah it's, it's right. insane I, I spoke to my parents um i spoke to my parents on friday or early saturday morning for us in chicago obviously six hours ahead there in, in scotland and they were just like what's going on with you and i'm like glued to the moon i can't imagine i couldn't <laughs> couldn't imagine being We've been infiltrated by remy here do I have her butt or her face on my side? I'm not sure. Don't want to reach too far and find out. Um, um, no, I, I, I couldn't imagine being single, living by myself, and oh, doing all this. Yeah. That's where it's like... Well, not single, but... That's true. You know what I mean? I'm, I live by myself. Yeah. I, I'm single true. in my house. He's, he's taking ladies. Um, I actually said that to, to Sam today. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop your name on the... Uh, oh, you just did? Yeah. I'm going to drop your name in the podcast. In the old podcast. And that's where I feel like... There's safe ways. Well, first of all, podcasting is a part of media, which is essential. <laughs> of course, darling. <laughs> um, because, you know, all 300 of our viewers are going to be needing this. But uh, I think there's safe ways for people to implement um, socializing still. Yeah. Even though, and being smart, obviously you can't just let everybody go rampant because... Where, where do you qualify as being an, an individual who's going to be intelligent about your surroundings and not having like a party that I'm pretty sure like our neighbors were having um, the other evening where we don't know how many people actually live up there, but there was a lot of footsteps <laughs> and a lot of voices that didn't usually accumulate to what's uh, what's a usual day for the, for the boys upstairs. 
Um, Saturdays for the boys. For the boys. They just had a, a tr- one of our trash cans was completely full of Truly and White Claw ba- uh, bags. No yeah, or packages. So the boys had a party. Um, but I think there's ways of being smart about seeing people without... <laughs> didn't know she's even underneath there. <laughs> Come on. Shut up, Remy. Be a good girl. Yeah, you've done so many podcasts. Yeah, there you go. Um, but about seeing people and being smart, staying a distance away like we're right now and not like touching and not sharing things like whatever, just being smart about it while people can keep their psyche. I mean, not without going crazy because I know I would be if yeah. I was by myself. And uh, I mean, I would think like, I think it's probably been nine years or so since I lived by myself, um, over in Wicker Park, uh, for about four or five months because my, both my roommates got transferred and our lease was still up. We still had like four or five months on our lease, and so I, I lived mean, there myself. And it was a big place, and you're just like walking around aimlessly for days at a time. I find myself like going through, you know, and if anyone else lives alone, you know, out there, get us on it, get on us on the key, and like get on to us on the key, and like Instagram. And Grab a nice bottle of lotion and some tissues and go in the bathroom and think of me. <laughs> um, but the, there's definitely, I go through these moments where like, you know, one day I'll, I'll have like a cleaning day, you yeah. know, where I just, the whole the house is like absolutely spotless um and then i'll have like a day where i'm like right it's an exercise day and i'll do mm-hmm. like 14 workouts within like the space of 12 minutes you know um but yeah it's definitely difficult there are definitely days where and i think as well for someone like me i am so so social you right. know you are. like i would always be i'm the first person to be like right okay what am i doing tonight right i'll go and visit like four or five different bars hang out with xyz amount of people um and meet and try my best to meet people and talk to people and all mm-hmm. that kind of things. So sometimes I do feel like I'm I'm climbing the walls a wee bit in in my house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as Remy squeezes out, uh, this, this is her husky hole. Yeah, that's what we call it. <laughs> underneath the table. Um, and yeah, so I definitely feel like I'm living in my my own wee husky hole in the house, you know, because. Mm. And that's why you need to find things to do. You need to get creative. You know, I was saying before we started that I'd kind of started writing or um, recording a little podcast and been writing a little bit and just generally try my best to be creative and try my best to not just be stagnant, playing a lot of guitar, that kind of thing. Um, because otherwise, you will go crazy. You will go start crazy. Yeah, because no, there's nothing else to do. I think know? like finding those creative, those creative outlets you have, and really focusing your attention on those and trying to enhance them. There's just gonna be no other time, probably in our lifetime, that you're gonna have the availability to do it like this. Yeah. I mean, even though like we both have our jobs, and you know, people working from home, other than my wife who's been working like ten hour days, which I don't understand, but. That's it happens in marketing PR stuff. Um, there's still free time. There's still downtime. And like for what I've kind of done with my schedule is I just get my work done all throughout the day. I might be still doing work at like 10 o'clock at night, but yeah, it's kind of like I'm I think go for a run here, go for yeah. – we bought a uh, spin bike, so I've been doing a lot of that lately. This I'm is, this like, is another thing as well. Now. Like how redundant do you think offices are going to start to become? Because, you know, if I'm, yeah. if I'm a company and I've had – and say we go into quarantine. And yeah. Let's say it's another good end. It's been six weeks and we're out of this. Yeah. But and like, and say that I look at my productivity over that time and it and maybe it's dropped off slightly, yeah. which I can which I can understand because of the mental strain and the difference and everything. And naturally, it will just because the economic downturn's been happening as well. But if I look at my actual pro, if I look at my actual employees' productivity mm-hmm. and I start to say, oh my god, like people aren't 
people that have done really, really well, yeah, people, then why the hell would I pay all that money for like an office space every month? You know? Right. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot to be said for sitting meetings and things like that. But you would just I would just downsize my office mm. massively just so that we had three or four different meeting rooms and everyone that lived in Chicago could come into the office maybe for a meeting yeah. or, you know, if they when had something to do or say we wanted to have a happy hour with the company, brilliant. We get everybody together. But otherwise, I don't need all this desk space. I don't need the, the company broadband. Right. You know, I don't need to be spent. I know because some companies are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on their broadband and their their phones and all this kind of thing. Right. Um. So maybe I look at that and I'm like, well, why the hell do I need that? I don't need that. You know, people can work from home, and it's and that that would be another thing. Uh, that would be a big change that I think we might see out of this. Yeah. The other thing uh, that I think we're going to see is the lack of handshaking. You know, Fauci or Fauci, the doctor, yeah. he's come out and said that he thinks that we should stop shaking each other's hands. As you just pop a knife open. <laughs> <laughs> Very dramatic. Sprung a knife on me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Sorry. A, that knife was brought to us by uh, Koval Distillery. It's a very nice knife, actually. Yeah. I used to cut a lot of things at Koval. Um, people. No. Not so many people. Um, but yeah, you know, Fauci said, uh, you know, I, I don't know if people are going to be shaking hands as much. I don't think we should be shaking hands as much. And it's like, yeah. Jesus, is that, that's where we're going to go. You know, people, maybe, maybe you're going to shave, maybe shave. Maybe, hopefully you don't shave anything. Because I like the mustache. You got to keep it. I do have a stash going. It's pretty nasty. A little bit of a 70s porn, baby. Um, that's where it's going. And hair, so hair's maybe, growing out. maybe we're going to get to the stage where you save your handshaking for like, you know, the, your Wednesday or something. Right. Cause I mean, how many hands did we shake in one night going to bars? Oh my God, man. Like that's, that's been my, for, for when I was a wee boy, my dad used to do Shakespeare, hmm. right? Which was, he would shake your hand. And hmm. then when, when you started to let go, he would spear you with his hand. Hmm. Like it was like Shakespeare. So that's the, uh, the anti-Trump where he pulls you in your dad. Tosses you out. Hey, he wouldn't toss me out. He would just, he would shake your hand and then like just quickly jab you in the ribs, you know? I like that. Yeah, that little bastard, you know? Um, he used to do shakes yeah, and, and then Mike. clip around the ear. But, you know, maybe that, and so ever since I was a wee boy, I was always into shaking people's hands, you know? I was yeah, like, oh, same, how are you man. doing? Like good, good, strong handshake. Look him in the eye. Um, and that was kind of how I introduced myself to everybody ever you know mm. i would always shake my hand shake their hand and i remember when i was interviewing for this job we went to an assessment center which is basically you know when you get all you get 40 different candidates in a room and you put them through all these challenges when i went in there was probably 15 people in the room i went around every single person and shook their hands mm. you know and that was just what I, that's just something that i did the other thing as well that i think we're going to see a, la a lack of which is massive in uh spanish-speaking culture and, and mediterranean culture that's nice. So nice you a can little do gum, it twice. A little gumball head in the afternoon. Um, and the one thing that's massive in Latin culture and, and Mediterranean culture is kissing people on the cheek. Mm -hmm. That's going to go. Yeah, I have a very... My mother's side of the family is Italian. Very, Italian. Affe very affectionate fa family. Solice. Always giving hugs, you know. Yeah, hugs, kisses, and yeah. it's very affectionate, right? Right. Like, we're going to see the end of that. Or that's what Fauci thinks, that that's going to totally disappear. Yeah, or maybe what we'll see as well is that the older generation will remember those times, mm. and the younger generation are going to be the generation that's like, oh my God, do you remember like our parents used to like hug and kiss each other every time they met? Like, right. It was ridiculous. I hope it doesn't come to that, um, because I think that personal 
the touch you have with somebody kind of brings out your experience with that individual a little bit more. It's just, uh, you feel like on a different path with somebody once you shake their hand and know they mean it too. Like when you feel someone's like firm handshake and not to be like overpowering. Um, but, but they just shake your hand because they want to shake. Right, and it, it kind of invites you into a conversation, invites you into almost like a different world because you don't always know if that person sees you when you're talking to them, but once you have their attention with the physical touch, it kind of helps it out and expands it a little bit more. But I also understand the safeties. I don't think we'll be doing that with like bartenders and bar managers as we used to. I mean, like there's certain bars I go into and, you know, you give like a handshake and a hug. <laughs> My friend just... Uh friend of mine just messaged me he's drinking um the jack daniels single barrel select actually it's pretty good yeah 45 so it's 45 abv um so 90 proof and he just messaged me and he was like is it bad that i prefer this to Aberlour? oh that's bad yeah and i'm like it's sinful yes it yeah. is bad that you prefer that but i suppose he's brand he's kind of very very new on his whiskey journey okay um does he live in scotland yeah, he lives in uh, England. England. Right now, he's in. I can um, still, I can still get Graham there enough time to kill him. Oh yeah, yeah, Graham. Yeah. We could just dispatch. We just call dispatch. Yeah. Aberlour, um, Aberlour. We uh, should maybe get Graham on a Skype podcast. See what's. Yeah, I was actually speaking to him a week past Friday. Okay, and he was in very, very good spirits. Good, good, very, good. very good spirits. So they've kind of the th- the good thing about obviously the north of Scotland is things have you know haven't really. I mean, things have been affected yeah. up there, but not quite to the same stage that you know it's been affected yeah. in the major cities and the urban areas. There's more room to roam. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think he's still quite. He still feels quite in good spirits, you know. And you know, to that point though, yesterday the lady that lives below me, she was out in the back garden for. Two or three hours, you oh, know. Nice. Yeah, in the sun. Like I don't know if anyone seventy eight and sunny in Chicago yesterday. Yeah, yesterday it was beautiful weather here in Chicago, like twenty four degrees Celsius, like seventy eight degrees Fahrenheit, you know, super hot. Super, super hot. And it was lovely, like it was lovely. Yeah. I was um I've actually been volunteering. Oh, have you? Yeah. Where? Um I uh, at the Sh- Chicago Food Bank Depository. Oh, have you? Um, yeah, and it's been really good. It's kind of saved me actually. Let me go. Let me know next time you go. I would love to go with you. I'm, yeah, I'm working with Dusix right now to do. We're. Uh, I don't really want to promote it. Let's just say our company's helping them feed um, healthcare workers. And oh, nice. Do some delivery and and Mike. I want to. I don't want to just like give you, you know, the uh, the money. To support yeah. you, I want to also support it because I have a lot of family and friends that are in the healthcare industry. I'm Ooh. getting a call from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. It's probably uh, the Tiger King. <gasps> I haven't watched that. Well, Oklahoma. I watched 20 minutes of it, and this then I realized. Well, I have a really um, big difficulty of watching mentally unstable people be documented in life, oh. and uh, I think our fascination with murderers and killers and Everything behind that is kind of sick and ridiculous. Um, and then exposing these people because obviously these people, people are not them. all there. Yeah. Um, and I'm offending somebody. I'm offending you. I'm sorry. But those people are not uh, mentally stable. And you're watching people literally go crazy in front of you and no one's doing anything about it to stop it. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is... fascinated by you, it. You know, all the, um, all the famous, all the, all, some of the most listened to podcasts in the world yeah. are all true crime. Right. Uh, podcasts, yeah. and it's people. People, people have a real obsession with morbidity. Yeah, this idea of there's a subreddit on Reddit. Um, it's called Morbid Reality. Hmm. Have you ever looked at it? No. Wouldn't suggest it if it's <laughs> not your thing. If that is your kind of thing, um, Morbid Reality, ladies and gents, is essentially oh. a bunch of articles and stories and videos and audio clips 
of people in their either their last moments of life or or talking about their last or talking about someone else's last moments and and it's and it's insane that that's so it's insane that that does so, like morbid reality has hundreds of thousands of subscribers i'm sure yeah. and people are obsessed with that stuff you know yeah it makes you wonder the overall mental state of not just our country but the world itself. Yeah, I don't, there there must be some there must be some kind of scientific science behind that. Yeah, I don't know if there's like, I mean, like obviously like the thrill of listening or watching someone die. Yeah, or, like or what the, get what the correlation and, is that of people that have like gone on shut up churches and schools that are like subscribers that kind of a thing online too. And so the other thing, the other thing as well was like you know the the thing with Tiger King that that you know I watched it because I was like. I had to. I had there was a bunch of pop culture going on about it, mm-hmm. and Still I kind of watched it when it was on in the background. And there were parts of it that there was parts of it, and I won't say any spoilers, but there were parts of it that that just it. shocked me. Mm. Like it's quite scary that this. You know, I haven't watched it, but I'm pretty sure I know everything that happens in it just from listening to other people's podcasts and like casually coming up in conversation. Yeah, that's the just thing. Like, like pop culture was going crazy. Like Twitter was. It was all. It was all over Twitter and Instagram and shit. I was like, Jesus Christ, guys. It makes you wonder if we weren't under quarantine, if it would have been like that. I know it came out just before most of the states were in quarantine, but at the same time, there's nothing to do. It's one thing to like vibe out on. I see the ESPN of. Um have fast-tracked our Michael Jordan podcast. Uh, documentary. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, not podcast. Yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. coming out now on April 19th, I, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for it because I think it's like 10 parts. Yeah. So it's like... Is that 10 gonna, hours and it's all bef- It's all never never, never seen yeah. before. Yeah, it's it's, if it's going to be like five nights, like every night at seven o'clock, like you're like, all right, I got to sit down for this. I got something they're, to they're do. Gonna break, they're going to break the... Oh, yeah. That That's going to break warranty, man. I tried watching the NBA 2K tournament they did Oh my god! I was like, so "This slow. is so bad, so slow." It's yeah. It was, was. Did you hear about the gambling thing that happened there? No. So, for anyone listening, um, the NBA and ESPN basically tried to do something that would get some people watching, and they had Kevin Durant, um, they had uh, Michael Porter Jr., Devin Booker, you know, all these different people uh, get involved, like Trey Young, all get involved in an NBA Two K tournament, which is a video game, Two K Twenty. And, you know, everybody had different seedings and Kevin Durant was number one because he's quite famous for, for being a good 2K player. Hmm. And and also creating fake Instagram and Twitter accounts and t- saying how cool he is. Am I getting another call from Oklahoma? Hopefully. Now I'm getting a call from New York. Oh. I'm getting blazed here, guys. Blazed. Um, I, had a, I had a call from Iowa, South Dakota, and I believe Oklahoma yesterday. Oh, lovely. Yeah. We're all state. We're mm. statewide. Yeah, Midwest. Yeah. Um, and uh, man, like fucking hell, you know, Kevin Durant was playing 16 seed. I can't remember who beat him, but uh, Vegas put odds on it. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. And um, but there was a big hoo ha because they pre taped the game. Oh, and a bunch of people found out and knew that Kevin lost and betted against him. So there's a big hoo ha right now with it. Wow. Um, he lost to Derek Jones. Ah, uh, Derek Jones Jr. Of course, Miami. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who that is. He's a really, really, really good athlete. Dunks, dunks out of the gym. He won the dunk contest. I don't. D Wade gave him the dunk contest. I don't know if you remember that All Star Weekend at Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago. Right. Yeah, he won it. Yeah, I think so. I thought. No, I don't care. Um. Yeah, but there you go. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm glad that 
there's people trying to stretch things out to do things, but like the, the UFC is still happening on next weekend. Private Island. Private Island. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's awesome that they That's can That's cool. I think it's great, and I'm glad they can take the safety precautions to do it and get it on, but at the same time, why are you making it pay-per-view? Put on ESPN+. Plus. You will have every single male eyeball in this country, and every advertise, advertiser would want to advertise on those commercial spots. I mean, how much is the pay-per-view for it? Do you know? I, I think, I mean, probably typical price of $69. And it's not even like the, it's it's it, Wait, it's like Justin Gaethje like our episode number. That's fine. If it depends of what we release, it's not. It's either sixty or sixty nine mm-hmm. and a half. But uh, I was. I mean, it's, it's. I think it's just so stupid and like a missed opportunity for the UFC where everyone's gonna illegally stream that because no one's gonna pay the money right now. How many people are out of work? How many people can't afford it? How many people are just like I don't. I wanted to see Khabib and Tony Ferguson, Ferguson fight, not Tony and Justin Gaethje, which is an amazing fighter. They 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 fought before though, haven't they? I don't think so. Gaethje and Ferguson. I don't think so. I don't believe they have. I mean, like it's gonna and you know like. I've I haven't bought a UFC fight and probably probably run, probably getting close. To, well, not bought one this year, but Dana, bought, we did it, sixty G's, baby. Yeah, and I get it. Like they have a huge nut to fill after getting uh, invested all the investment of the four billion dollars of the company and trying to get your money back on it. But at the same time, it just seems like it's in bad, bad like flavor to the country where so many people out of work. <laughs> People have no sports to watch, and you're putting the yeah. only thing on <laughs> that's live. I think there's like there. I mean, you, you just got to look at that. I mean, if if he basically said, right, we're gonna have it on this date, yeah. And if he was like, right, we're gonna put it on national TV, who wants in on they the already, commercials? But they, but they already have the partner with ESPN, so it's like, and and there's I mean nobody in the stands. It's probably gonna be a smaller venue anyway, which means you could put more advertising in the building too. Not just like on the. They're gonna have like a halftime show and shit. You can do whatever the fuck you wanted to do with it, but like you think like, oh, like you're gonna gonna have Will Ferrell wrestle a bear, right? (laughs) Do we? Everybody be quiet. Do we? Everybody be alive. No one panic. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great film. Um, We're talking about semi pro. If anyone's not seen that, you got to watch it right now. You've got all the time in the world with quarantine. Right, it's a great way to get a laugh. In quarantine. This time. Uh, no, I just think it'd be. A, I mean, I would, I would, I would try to get our company like see what the advertising cost is it just to get like some sign up somewhere to Star Wars on it like the thing is well man I mean they'll have they'll probably have proper whiskey like one sure look proper 12 um, proper 12 shit um, yeah we won't I mean I don't even like to talk about it that much because people are like oh my god have you tried that Conor McGregor stuff I'm so I'm I'm like a really big whiskey fan Um, have you had proper 12 I love double malts you're like uh, okay See yourself out. Yeah. Um, what does proper 12 even mean? So the, I think it's supposed to be proper Irish whiskey. Now, the, the one thing that I do admire, in fact, I admire a lot about the marketing because they've smashed it. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that you're I do the best admire, marketer in the world marketing your whiskey too. Yeah. Um, and one thing I do admire is that, uh, you know, they put 12 and it's not 12 year old whiskey. No. But it, people are always going to relate it to that because it has 12 in That's the That's the connotation people have with it. A hundred percent, man. Oh, my A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You know, I think, like, 
You What's know, the I, age? Three, four years? I don't even know. I, I couldn't even tell you. Is Irish three? Irish minimum is two. Two. Yeah, two. Two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, so I mean, you know, it's. It's. I'm sure. I'm sure it's good whiskey. Actually, I've tried it, and it wasn't. It wasn't horrific. Yeah. It wasn't horrific, but um, and you know they're obviously doing a lot of great work I mean, with marketing. I've had moonshine. <laughs> um, and they they've obviously working really really hard with events and stuff. So you know, fair play to them. But that's been their biggest thing with whiskey drinkers is the fact that whiskey drinkers are going to drink it and they're going to it's called proper twelve and they're going to think this is twelve year old whiskey, and it ain't. You know, it's really interesting as a story that kind of relates to that when at, I was at Koval. And we had our 10-year anniversary as a company, but we didn't have 10-year-old whiskey. We didn't make an anniversary ball saying, like, like 10-year anniversary because we, we didn't want to create the confusion of that this is a 10-year-old whiskey. Because I think at that time, we probably only had... Seven-eighths. Oh, not even that long. Um, maybe like a six-and-a-half-year-old okay. barrel um, that I knew of at the time. Uh-huh. But uh, just, you know, we could have put out, like, a bourbon, our regular two-year-old bourbon, that was saying ten year anniversary, Koval ten year, but they just wanted to create the confusion. Yeah. Which I, I was like, I was against at the time, but now that we're having this conversation, I'm like, well, I kind of, uh, I kind of support it, but at the same time, it was a lost marketing opportunity too. I mean, I think yeah, that's the biggest thing with proper is that people are drinking it. So, well, not, that's not the biggest thing with proper. The biggest thing with proper is the fact that it's Conor. People are like, oh, you know, have you tried Conor McGregor's whiskey? Who's that? And <laughs> which is essentially, and I mean, you know. I I we I was actually speaking to my friends back home this morning, um, and we oh going into the husky hole, Remy, um, and I was speaking to my friends about that this morning about how, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of Conor McGregor's antics, no, and with regards to you know the the cocaine dinges that we've all heard whoa, about, whoa, yeah, you know these breaking ma- news, yeah, the fact that Conor you know is obviously taking part in a couple of substance or twelve, um, properly, yeah. Uh, and uh, they also also the fact you know he punched the he pu- you know through the chair through the bus punched yeah. this old man and there's all these that sexual, was my last thing where I was just like am over this there's all these sexual assault allegations that are out on him at the moment yeah. which are, which yeah. you know you, you you can't just you can't just say that he's that he's guilty of it but at the end of the day it sounds like he's definitely cheated on his wife slash girlfriend that's okay um, maybe they have an agreement we don't know about. That's very true, you know, in this world of open relationships and whatnot. Um, but I watched his Instagram this morning, mm. and you got a hand it to him. Oh hell yeah! He's so charismatic. Yeah, like he was doing a video about pull ups. That was it. He was just yeah. doing a video about. Pull-ups. He's a hard ass worker. Don't be wrong. I oh he's in and he's in and back in the day, you know, when he was poor. Oh yeah, he was some fighter. Right. You know, you go back and watch those fights. He yeah. was ridiculous yeah. he was saying like this guy's got nothing on me he comes out in the first round just talks to shit the guy's like Jesus Christ these are the best fighters that the world has to offer and this guy was just taking them apart in the yeah. first round yeah. um, and you know the, the obviously the really famous one is the Jose Aldo quote right yeah. where he says you know I feel I'm over extending and I'm just gonna pop him and yeah. that'll be that you know 12 seconds later out yep and he's like so but you know, and looking at that, the charisma just in that Instagram video that he was recording himself, mm-hmm. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy is a killer!" Like he's he's just the perfect marketing tool. So I can only see Proper Twelve getting bigger. Probably, you know, I can only see it getting bigger and bigger and bigger, um, which is fair, you know. But if you're a whiskey whiskey drinker, I don't think it's ever going to really be your cup of tea. No, it's it has the right market. It's at the right price where 
people have probably supplanted it with Jameson for or Jam- uh-huh. from Jameson. So uh-huh. it's uh, which is insane as well because Jameson had such a foothold. Jameson was it still does. I mean, like it's, I mean, it's still it's, the Irish whiskey. Yeah, it's, I think it's. I think it's the biggest seller of non-American whiskey in America. Oh, 100%. So, 100%. Yeah. I don't know what else. Yeah, would even come close to that. There's yeah. no, nothing at all. I know our the sales of in America are much higher than they are in Johnny Walker, Ireland. maybe. Maybe Johnny Walker Black, yeah. Maybe. But I, I still think, though, that Jameson is way bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's a... It's a well, I mean, you're talking about... Price million, point's not much. A few dollars. You're talking about millions of cases, though. Oh, millions. Like millions yeah. of cases a year. Yeah. Um, what are you guys in the U.S. case-wise? Aberlour? Yeah. Uh, this like year that. we were on track for 28,000 cases. Oh, maybe wow. more. Maybe yeah. 29,000 cases. Nice. Um, which is which is great. Which is absolutely great. Mm-hmm. You know, and it puts us in the top 10 of single malts. Right. Single malt scotch, so. And at your price point, which isn't... You're in the premium level, but... I mean, here in Chicago, we get... Yeah, we get... I mean, here in Chicago, 12-year-old costs you, what, forty nine ninety nine, depends on where you are. Sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, depends on the time of year, depends on the where you're shopping. I I personally, you know, and, and even now, even now when I'm when I'm shopping, even if I'm just going out for, like, a crate of Modelo, I will never, ever shop at the massive store. Like, I would never buy my beer at Target. I would never buy my. I would never buy any booze like at Target or at Walmart or right. at Mariano's. Even I'm all about like, like the little local shops, you know, yeah. little liquor stores that you know are run by the little man or like the little little lady, and they, you know, and they, and you have a little chat with them. You've got that little yep. rapport with them, and then you can buy your booze. And then you always like, you come up to the counter and you're like, oh, is there anything cool that you've got? And then they're like, oh, actually, we just brought a barrel pick in, or we've got, you know, mm. we've or we've got we've brought in some new mezcal, and you're like, oh, fuck it, you know, I'll buy yep. a bottle of that just because you know it's this dude. And what was the spot that we went up to up north when we went to? Um, do you remember we watched the nature documentary on the TV? Oh, uh, Rogers Park. Rogers Central. Park. Rogers Park. So they have a really nice liquor store next door, right? They do, yeah. Provision. That, yeah, that's a really nice spot, and that's yeah, the kind of spot that I'm like, right? If I'm going to buy booze, that's where I want to buy my booze. Yeah, no, they're good. They're good people to us. Remember how we were watching that, and then was it like a lion? <laughs> yeah, or a tiger? <laughs> it was. Uh, I think it was a cheetah. It's a cheetah. Yeah, cheetah. Yeah, just jumps like 15 feet in the air in slow motion and grabs a bird yeah it's like a bird like out of the air and we were all watching it like it was michael jordan dunking from the three throw line we we were like we were all a couple of cocktails as well the whole bar you're like it's like just rising rising the slow motion then all of a sudden his bog gets it just about and then he got it and we're all like ah it was insane somebody walked in the bar at the same time like what are you guys watching (laughs) (laughs) they thought we were watching like some some massive sports final we were watching a nature documentary yeah the whole bar just captivated it's like four o'clock in the afternoon afternoon on a Wednesday but the guy the the guy behind the bar he was like yeah man people love the nature channel <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah man it's cool Leo's a good guy Leo's a good guy um yeah that, that was that was a they were doing a Star Wars special that day they were doing a Star we, Wars special we had a highball yeah it was tied into our uh our uh, charity foundation um, for that the cool. for the fires over in Australia which has taken a backseat to coronavirus yeah well Jesus <laughs> um I mean yeah I mean yeah which, uh, you know, it's uh, interesting to think about how those disasters are still going on in the world and nothing's more important. Well, I was, you know, the other thing as well was I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, man, like, what, can you imagine, like, can I, can I imagine myself if I got, like, like, what happens if you have a wisdom tooth right now? Yeah. And you need it taken out. Mm. 
Dentists are still open for appointment only. But Emergency like, appointment. Damn. But there's still an effort to go around and that happening. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's scary. Right. Or like, what if you're legitimately lacking wisdom? horrible strep throat? One in wisdom. And not, oh, man, like, you'd be screwed. Yeah. Like you, I don't know if you, what would happen if you could get into a doctor to see You'd you. need to just call the doctor and be like, yo, I definitely have strep throat. I need a prescription. Need prescription yeah. right now. It's good to have a doctor who has a medical license in Illinois and can just write those for you. <laughs> That's what we need. No, it is. It's uh, quite, quite, quite scary times. Um, any, any positive things coming out of this? I mean, lots, man. I'm getting so oh. healthy. I'm oh, yeah? getting so, so healthy. Good. I'm eating more than I ever did when I was working. Mm. So I'm probably putting on good weight. Okay. Last night I had um, I had chili with um, spaghetti pasta that, uh, you know, I'd made the chili myself. There was kidney beans in there. I had onion, tomatoes, like lots of good mints. And I made a full pot. And usually like when I'm, when I'm working, I don't really have the time to eat that much, mm. but I ate the full pot. Like nice. I just nailed it, nailed, absolutely nailed it over a couple of hours, mind you. Um, and uh, what else? I've been I've been making my own burritos. I made uh, some some Mexican burritos the other day. It was beautiful. Eating a lot of steak. Hmm. This is the first time in my life I feel like I feel like a like a beautiful woman down in Louisiana or something. Because <laughs> the other day I was in Walmart and I bought like like a, a mother of like six. That's how I feel. I bought like one of these big packs of steak. I bought one of these big packs of burgers, sausages and stuff, came home, put them in my freezer, opened the freezer the next day. And it looked like, you know, it looked like, it looked like your great auntie May's like fridge freezer. I opened it and the thing was full. It was like, it was like Thanksgiving. And I was like, damn, like I'm going to have to eat through all these steaks and stuff. This is great. I'm also doing a lot of meal prep. So I'm getting better at cooking. Um, season, season, season. Everything I read just tells you like, like you can never have too much black pepper on, on, on meat. You know, just go for it. Um, that that's good. I'm getting super fit. I'm running. I'm cycling. Um, I just bought a bike. Uh, well, it's not really a cycle bike. It's not really a push bike. To be fair, I bought a bike with basically a hair dryer motor on it. Oh, yeah, a little gas powered number. It's actually been brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I didn't ride it here today for all, because for I all those to... hills in Chicago, you need that. <laughs> well, it's for getting down to the volunteering, so I've I've got How that excuse. That? It's like six miles, seven miles. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a fair distance. Like it's way down south. Okay, so it's a little bit of a. The neighborhood, going through the neighborhood. Um, I so you go down Pulaski. Okay. And you're going south on Pulaski all the way to 40th, West 40th Street. Okay. Bit of a, yeah. that through kind of West 15th all the way down to West 40th. Yeah. You know, you're, I mean, yeah. people aren't really practicing social distancing down there. That's what I would say one thing. Okay. A lot of people in the street. Um, it's it's a little bit, little bit, little bit hairy. Proud to see a white Scottish guy riding a bike through there. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're like, "Yo, bro, why are you riding a hair dryer, man?" Um, <laughs> well, because coming to help, baby. Yeah, and uh, so that's been good. Um, so bunch of positives, man. I feel really. I feel. So what you're trying to say is that the people that are on the current um, local news saying that this is a race problem when it comes to coronavirus, maybe it's not all based on system, uh, systematic depression to individuals in certain neighbors of Chicago. Maybe people just aren't staying away from each other. Well, I think there's definitely... Yeah. I'm just joking. We don't, need no, get, we, don't, we don't need to get into that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean... The, the but re- I think it is ridiculous that people are literally trying to make this into a race argument. Yeah, it's I, like, I, what, what does that prove right now? I don't I know think we're that's two what white we guys sitting in the right off on the north side of Chicago with jobs and not unemployed, but 
at the same time, what does it prove? Like, when we go back in the history and write about it, okay, let's analyze those statistics and those that data and let people know, like, hey, if you're more prone to diabetes, more prone to certain diseases, make sure to practice social distancing. But to make this into a, a literal, literal uh, racial argument and then yeah. start blaming and pointing fingers at, like, our president, who I don't, I don't agree with anything he says for the most part, but I think 90% of the time I don't. But 10% of the time I think he's hilarious. <laughs> so whether like, he means to be or not right yeah yeah but at the same number time number one on Facebook I'm number one on Facebook yeah, that was just that? ridiculous you know but at the same time it's like what what are we solving here I mean I think just to put a nail in that coffin do it I think that um, you know there's the biggest thing that I've noticed man is that for people like us who have savings who have jobs that are salaried whatnot, um <laughs> Too many plugins. Um, and the, uh, you know, it's it's easy for us. Like this is the quarantine's easy for us. It's just about staying inside. Yeah. But a lot of people, I think, you know, and this and this is the this is the biggest issue I think that's going to come out of coronavirus now. A lot of people are like have jobs that they they work and they live for that day. Yeah. Or they work and live for that week. They're trying to put food on the table for that week, and it's like, well, if you don't have any money saved up, you're working for. A, you're working for the immediate seven days that are about to follow today. Like, if what do you do if you have to stay inside? Mm-hmm. You can, you know? I agree. Um, and I think that that is where the, the race problem comes in is that so many, you know, um, black people, Latino people are so... are, in, are already in an uphill battle, are yeah. already fighting an uphill 100%. battle that they, that they have to, you know, they have to... They have to kind of ignore a lot of social distance and things because they, otherwise, otherwise their families will literally starve. And that's one of the reasons that mm-hmm. I met this the food bank, you know, because I know that there are going to be more people than ever now at the moment, you know, in this current climate and this current economic climate, yeah. um, who are who are um, you know struggling. Yeah, no, I, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of why I did it. That's why I'm doing it, you know, because Thank I think you. the other thing as well, you, you know, it's it's. The volunteering definitely helps, you know. It's nice to meet people. It's nice to, even if we're at sick, like the lady said yesterday, she was like, hey guys, so if um, you feel that someone's too close to you, tell them to get the fuck back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. Love it. Uh, we had our gloves on and everything. It was great. Um, but, um, you know, there's definitely a nice thing as well to be with other people, like going towards like a, working towards a communal yeah. goal. It's good to see there's community being built in this time. Yeah, and there was and the other thing as well man is it was like while I was doing it and yesterday for example we did uh, I packed myself uh, 1100 pounds worth of food wow so like we was I think there was like 18 of us or something on the line okay we did 21,000 pounds of food how are you where is it going from there so basically the food depository they they distribute it and there's there, there's drivers that are volunteers as well and okay. it's it's an amazing thing all the food's donated you know it's amazing so um, every dollar is, is equivalent to three meals. Yeah, yeah, I've heard this. Which yeah. is really cool. So, yeah, it was, um, and you know, bit, I was the cardboard guy. I was the, the box creator. Yeah. So you have to like piece the boxes together, which sounds really easy, but it's kind of not. Um, but they, they did just bring in, uh, yesterday, for example, they did just bring in these boxes that essentially if you push them the right way, they can come together more or less, and you just have to take them on the top. Okay. Um, but we did uh, 613 boxes of food. Nice. Which Amazing. is really, really cool. Yeah. Really, really cool, man. Maybe we could drive a orange SUV down there together and help out. 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm in. I'm yeah. in, baby. Anytime you want to come. Like, and that would. That, I was looking into it because I wasn't sure how or if you could help out because they're just a fear of spreading things. Yeah, so I think that like it for me, I took it. I took it when I when I spoke to the lady uh, originally. I called her on the phone. And I was like, "Hey, like, so what are you looking for?" And she was like, "Listen, anyone that's kind of young between the ages of eighteen and 60. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was like, "Damn, like you like kind of down to like." 1840 maybe? Yeah, 1845. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I went, went, and there were so many young people there. Mm. Um, and many, lots of women, way more women than there were men. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they need some young whippersnappers like us to kind of go and help out. And it was super simple. You know, and I really recommend anyone listening to to have a look at it. If you're right. if you're in the kind of position where you're not at risk and you're not seeing anyone that's at risk, then I really, really do recommend it. Um, you have to be 14 days uh, free of symptoms, which we both are. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing as well, the other really cool thing, man, was that they just have an online calendar and literally you create a profile, you just sign up to the calendar. Okay, cool. Then you would come and pick me up so that I wouldn't have to take my little hair dryer down there and we wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have to risk me getting mugged at gunpoint. Love it. Um, for all of you local Chicago listeners, I urge you to do this with Callum and I. Um, maybe you can create a little... Uh, a way, of, a way of a community together that we already have of seeing each other and kind of keeping our minds off of other things that are happening in the world and uh, doing some good for everybody out there in our community. I mean, yeah, let, we could even just go tomorrow to get, us, to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, and we could make it a thing where we just go daily um, or not daily. But I mean, the, the shifts are only two and a half hours, man, three hours. Oh, okay. So it's like, it doesn't even take, it's not taking your whole day. No. You know, and if there is a day when you do have the whole day free, you can just be like, right, well, let's just bang out another one. Should we just do another one? And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, and it felt good, man, yesterday to just be around people and to sure. be like, wow, we did, we, we packed. Right. We packed 21,000 pounds of food, like, I mean, is a thousand pounds a ton in the US? Fourth, is it fourth? Two thousand. Oh, okay. So that's ten tons of food, man. Two thousand is a ton. Yeah. So ten thousand, uh, sorry, ten tons of food we wow. packed yesterday. That's oh, kind of cool. That's amazing. No, that's more than cool. Um, well, I think to end on another positive note, yeah. is there any certain bars, retail shops that we have out there um, from your accounts working with Avalar that you would give a shout out to like ha- that are having GoFundMes or any sort of um, way uh, that are raising money for their staff that has been furloughed or and or laid off? Um I mean, I think any of the, any of the accounts, you know, like one of the one of the ones that I'm very close with is Sportsman's, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, that's it, uh, Division and West Western and Division. Um, my probably my favorite bar in the city. You know, I, I don't I, think there's a probably involved with that. But it's 100 percent my favorite bar in the city. It's just over the road from EZN. and these guys, it's a cash bar. You know, like this is the, these guys are pure salt tips, baby. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I know that I know that they're doing a lot of meals and things like that out the. You know, we've I helped we helped them out a couple of Fridays ago with through the Pernero cards. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Jenna Murray, who's yeah, Jenna's been crushing us. She all is that. just the. We need to we need to get her on actually. Yeah, yeah. she as far as kick-ass goes, that is that's Jenna's first, last, middle, I, and I've all reached the out names. to two restaurants to help out to do donations, and uh, Jenna has beat me to it. Yeah, we don't know each other, but. Um, She's Shout out to you. She's a badass, 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 yeah. badass ambassador. So thank you to her. And she obviously helped me figure out, like, get, uh, getting these guys some meals. So really, really appreciative. Um, and then the other thing as well that I just wanted to shout out, and I know that a lot of people are shouting them out and all that kind of thing, but um, just 
the people in the health service, you know, the health industry. Yeah. Uh, my mum works in the NHS back home, um, and I know a lot of my a lot of my friends from from school, especially. There was a wee girl live around the corner from me who's a nurse now, and I know that she's foot to the floor mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. home in Scotland. So, just all those people, whether you're in Scotland, whether you're in England, whether you're in the US, whether you're here in Illinois, here in Cook County, here in Chicago, yeah. massive shout out to you. Hey, guys. we have a few listeners in India, so if you want to give them a shout out, man. Take it away, baby. India. <laughs> India. Um, yeah, man, that's that's super cool. And so thank you to all those people. Um, and we just got to keep going. Right. Um, one, foot, one foot at a time, one day at a time, one second at a time. Definitely. And uh, we had uh, on April 4th, which was last Saturday, we were supposed to have our first ever Kena Lake Whiskey Festival which we had to unfortunately cancel, but we will yeah, hopefully... We should, we, should, we should maybe reach out to Ryan and see if we could buy them yeah, or something. Yeah, we plan on that, and hopefully we can do that in the near future once everything opens its doors. I do want to say, you know, to the Fountainheads, um, to the Delilahs, the Whistler, um, to all the bars I have in GoFundMe, it's not hard to find those bars. Just go in, search GoFundMe, local bars, type in. Mostly every, everybody's kind of doing something out there um, to help out their staff that's been... Unfortunately, uh, you know, laid off or furloughed until the doors reopen. Um, just trying to get some money into their pocket at the end of the day. Also, for our uh, recording studio, also known as International Beguile Recording Studio, um, their staff over there at the brewery is has a tip jar. So if you can, you know, and they also are open for pickups for their beer as well. So they're still open in their little shop area. So go buy some beer from them, put a little tip jar in there, and be great to have. We also have T-shirts still available on KeenLake.com. They're so sick as well. That are, great t-shirts. That are going, uh, the 100% of the profits are going to the Beguile staff that has, um, you know, not getting the hours that they usually have. That will go straight into their tip jar. So if you want to purchase a T-shirt for $20 at KeenLake.com, um, please go ahead and do so, and we will donate um, all the proceeds over to uh, Beguile. So... Just a little way to end it for our brothers and sisters out there that are kind of struggling and need some help. Uh, Callum has to get off and go do another recording of such and all that fun stuff with uh, people in the industry to talk about whiskey over the internet. Nothing will ever replace the bars and all the places we love to go to have conversations about whiskey, life, and love. But um, for everybody out there, we appreciate you. Stay strong. Stay humble. Stay inside if you have to. And cheers. Cheers.